about to win so big. Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of cushion. Yeah, get with the program. Show they want their way. Get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the beginning of the week, so you already know what time it is. It's Tales from the Terror Dome, your boy Dan, back in the booth. And as you know, and as I've said, I'm solo now. So, there's going to be some recurring and rotational guests, and I couldn't think of a better one to kick this thing off with. Then my man, Pat Finn from the Sons of Saturday. How you doing, man? What's up, Dan? What's up, everyone? I'm doing good. Just uh, just turned off ESPN2. We had a fantastic victory over NC State tonight. The ladies, 73 to 61. They went into uh, to Raleigh and took care of business. Georgia Amor, 27 points. Uh, I think Liz had 25. So, I mean, what a night. What a night for uh, for the ladies. Pretty fired up about that. I know they have a, a, a very tough stretch here over, uh, from now to the end of the year. And what better way to do it than to win in a building that they'd never won before. So, cool to see them take care of business on ESPN2, man. How you doing, Dan? Man, I'm doing well. I have no complaints. Georgia and Liz just blacked out on national television. All the ESPN heads on Twitter are tweeting about it. Aisha Shepard still repping the brand. Salute to her. WNBA champion. You know, uh, they went full Kyrie and LeBron in the finals. Shaq, Kobe, Tyrod, David Wilson. And now we can say people went full Liz and Georgia because that was incredible. Shout out Kenny Brooks, man. Yeah, that was that was big time. So the uh the girls here on out, they got Florida State at home on Sunday. Florida State's ranked number 19. They got Duke next Thursday night on the 16th. Duke's ranked at the top 10. Uh they're ranked number 9 right now. And uh we went out to Duke 2 weeks ago and and it was a tough loss on the road there in Cameron. So that'll be a revenge match. And that might be a top 10 matchup uh, by the time that game rolls around. We got the pack again. Smoking that pack pack on uh, on the 19th, which is that, uh, that Sunday. And then finishing up uh, that following week. On the 23rd, we go to Carolina. And then we go to Georgia Tech on the 26th Carolina is ranked number 14 so I guess that's five games in a row um versus ranked ACC foes toughest conference in America Atlantic Coast Conference and then we'll go to the uh ACC tournament that uh that next week so hats off to the girls it's been really fun watching them this year also big Monday you know good to see them on ESPN too that's cool yeah absolutely uh I need more ESPN2 games versus ACC Network Extra games. Uh, that is a very tough stretch, actually. Uh, Duke, obviously, have an opportunity to get that one back, uh, have an opportunity to beat NC State again, and then you got to go on the road to Carolina and play Deja Kelly, who's a really good player, hopefully get that dub. But um, we got some good ones at home, man. We're going to need – if you're listening to this, Put your ass in a seat at Castle and support these women. Tickets are like 10 bucks, man. It's just like going to two spring games. So, like, <laughs> come on. We get like, we got, they are, they are too good to not have that thing packed from corner to corner because Castle is not massive regardless. So, bring it, bring your butt out, you know, bring your energy. Let's do this thing. You know, Castle Guard will be there. I'll be there. Pat Finn will be there. Let's do this. Let's go. That weekend, uh, I know we play Pittsburgh. The men's team plays Pittsburgh on the 18th. The women's team plays 
Duke on the 16th. If you want to parlay a nice little weekend in Castle, come on down Thursday and uh, and touch them all. So, um, yeah, and uh, Hokies wrestling Friday night. Friday night in Castle UVA. They got UVA on the 17th. Oh, so that 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 is a big time weekend to be in town. That's a big yes, time. sir. So, we had some other big news about a week ago. We had the big ACC football reveal, where we everybody started mad dashing to book hotel rooms, plan trips, you know, get their uh their uh, football activities in order how you feeling about the schedule this year pet so i'm fired up for uh for the first game of 2023 spring game april 15th uh, we'll be in tow for that one three o'clock on acc network extra your favorite channel there dan <laughs> um you know i think this schedule that you you don't really look at it and say this is a tough schedule, right? Um, I mean, if you look at it high level, we have six home games, we got six on the road, we're at Florida State, we're at UVA, we got uh, two Big Ten teams on the calendar as well, and then we got Old Dominion as the opener, uh, a big revenge match here. You know, uh, you got a Thursday night game against Syracuse around Halloween time. You got the Thundering Herd, Dan. I know you're fired up for that one. Um, I am. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, when the ACC schedule came out, like when they announced, hey, we're going to be switching the way we schedule things, you're going to get these three schools locked in. And our three schools are, uh, you know, UVA, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest. Obviously, we knew we were going to get UVA. Um, everyone was pretty bummed that we were going to be missing out on either Carolina or on Miami. was really happy that Boston College was not locked in as one of those three. I can definitely take Pitt. Like, I'm, I'm not bummed about Pitt being one of the three. Uh, I enjoy our rivalry that we have against Pitt, they've quite frankly kicked our butt over the last few years uh, in Lane Stadium and in Heinz Field. And, um, you know, their program's no slouch. They figured it out with Kenny Pickett when Mark Whipple was their, their OC. And as much as we love to hate Pat Narduzzi, uh, that, guy, <laughs> that guy actually does bring a lot to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, Dan, but I still scratch my head at Wake Forest being in our, our, uh, I guess, our locked-in three for every single season. Uh, as much as I like being able to go up to Winston-Salem, you know, it's a nice, like, hour and some change drive here from Charlotte. Sam Hartman's not walking through that door anymore, um, which – I'm sure Tokyo fans would have been excited to see him come to Lane Stadium again here this fall. But uh, when I initially looked at the schedule when they announced that uh, last year, it's pretty much like, hey, we are we are playing the Atlantic Division. You know, this is Virginia Tech playing Florida State, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Louisville, BC, and NC State. Uh, I mean, it's like you you. You picked up Virginia Tech and you put them in the Atlantic and then, you know, you made Pittsburgh the cross-divisional and, you know, UVA. <laughs> so it's just very, very different than what we're used to. Um, you know, we rarely go to Florida State. Uh, you know, other than last season, 2021, Syracuse hasn't been to Lane Stadium in a long time. Uh, we go to Louisville again. I'm excited when we get to host Louisville because I don't think we've – I don't even know if we've ever played them at home. Um, yeah, so yeah, I could go on and on, but um, it's definitely a different schedule with a different feel. What about you? Yeah, so I never I hated the wake selection for our three. Uh, there are a couple teams I would have taken. Obviously, I joked on the timeline that we should just scrap UVA and like add somebody else 
like uh, take UVA off our schedule and replace them with WVU every year. But uh, in actuality, I was cool with Pitt. That you know that rivalry has bones. It's been around for a long time. Um, it's competitive for the most part. Uh, we haven't really held up our end of the bargain on that one, and since what Bud's finale, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Wake didn't make sense to me. I would have taken, I would have taken UNC. I would have taken Miami. Miami would have been the one I wanted the most. I would have taken. I would have even taken Georgia Tech just because, I mean, we've played them forever and they used to give us fits every couple of years. But, uh, yeah, the Wake the wake one being in our, our pod or whatever they call it doesn't make sense to me. But it is what it is. I mean, you look at the schedule, you got some interesting home quarterbacks coming in. I mean, you got Hudson Card at Purdue now five-star blue chipper that came from Texas that got a, uh, you know, odd man out with Ewers and uh, Arch Manning coming in. And then uh, Brennan Armstrong <laughs> down at NC State now, he's going to be coming in. That'll be interesting. Um, obviously, Pitt coming in with uh, a guy that we know well in uh, old Phil, Phil Jerkovich or Jerkovich, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever his name is. Um, I don't know. I guess Trader's still the quarterback at Syracuse, so that that'll be somewhat interesting. But ODU, it needs to be like a slaughter. Like I need Ollie Jennings to have like 125 yards and three touchdowns, something like like just smoke them, you know get it over with, get the revenge, reestablish the pecking order in the state, or at least begin to. I'm excited for going the Marshall game. I've always been a Tech fan my whole life. I, I'll always root for them primarily. Uh, I would never root for Marshall to beat Virginia Tech, but I'm excited for a multitude of reasons to go to Huntington. One, J.C. Price. He coached there. So that, and then there's the whole – I mean, we're tied to the tragedy forever with Frank Loria. Yeah. Uh, Prize father was a member of the Young Thundering Herd, the first team after the plane crash. So, Coach Prize ties there. Uh, he's very fond of Marshall University. We've had a little discussion about it, but not, not too much, obviously, as in-depth as you can get at PKs. Um, <laughs> but – uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, at Louisville, like who doesn't want to go for a long weekend in Louisville and do a bunch of bourbon and then go watch some football, you know? So I, when I first saw the schedule, I was like, oh, it's kind of weak, but that was last year looking in. And now that I look at it, I'm like, hmm, it could be a really good year without getting into, I mean, it's February, right? So I don't know if I want to dive into like specific wins and losses because we have a new offense. We, overhauled the offense you know scheme's gonna change we haven't even made it to the spring game yet to see what anything might even come close to looking like so i'm not sure but i'm i'm liking the schedule from you know initial looks here yeah so you got late okay so we we can kind of run it down we'll talk about each game a little bit um old dominion it's labor day weekend which is always great Saturday, Labor Day. So, um, you know, last year we played on a Friday night and we lost. And that made that made Labor Day weekend football a lot tougher. I know when Tech plays on Labor Day weekend, I feel like historically it's been on like a Monday night or a Sunday night or in this case, Friday. You know, we played on Friday uh, against Carolina in 2021. Um, so the game September 2nd. Uh, home game in lane would love it to be a nice 3:30 kick kick off the sat uh, kick off the season with a Saturday home game in lane I feel like it's been a long time since that actually happened actually if, if we just go straight off the uh straight off the top of my head here Dan last year was away on a Friday the year before was on a Friday at home 
2020 was COVID and, you know, our week one game was pushed back a few weeks. 2019 was Labor Day weekend, Saturday up at BC. 2018 was Labor Day Monday down in Florida State. 2017 was Labor Day, I believe, Sunday night at FedEx Field. 2016, you got to go all the way back to 2016 to have our first first game of the season be a Saturday home game in Lane Stadium, where that's where we obviously took down Liberty. And uh, and then, you know, the next week was the Battle of Bristol. So some fun facts there for you. Um, the rest of September, you know, I think this is an interesting out-of-conference schedule because usually, you know, we'll have like, we'll have an FCS school. And I feel like this is the first time in a little bit that we don't have anyone in the FCS. You know, you got two Big Ten teams. One of them, mind you, Dan, Big Ten West defending champions from Purdue. Like that, that that's a bigger deal. That's a bigger bigger deal than we're making it out to be. And then you got Greg Schiano's bunch on the road up at SHI Stadium, which I will definitely be in attendance for. I gotta gotta let you know. September 16th, I am. I will be eating, uh, eating all the bagels and pizza and, you know, as Billy Ray says, pumping my fist, uh, <laughs> trying to get all the folks from my hometown and all my buddies who still live up there, uh, to join us at that Rutgers game too. And then Mush- uh, Marshall, I mean, man, you, you put it, you put it pretty good there, but, um, you know, that's a road trip I've never gotten to make. Um, I'm debating that one. I'm on the fence. I know Eric Church is coming to Charlotte that night and uh, be rough to do four weekends or potentially five weekends in a row of, uh, of Virginia Tech football. So uh, so we'll see how that one goes. But I think if you look at the uh, the month of September, I, I think, you know, coming out of September at three and one is what I would set this uh Set the expectations at at this point in the game, um, knowing that there's still spring ball, there's still the portal, there's still, you know, moving and shifting that's going to happen with this roster and this team. But uh, I think September should be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see. Well, actually, so, wow, we have four games in September. That's incredible, of course. Um, yeah, I could, mm, I could see, I could see four and going into pit, but I don't know what that pit game is going to look like, or Florida State. But Florida State, obviously, they have a tendency to, um, you know, underperform in in situations where they should perform very well. That's probably yeah. the PC way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You should, if you're, Eric Church is hard to pass up. I saw him at the Carolina Country Music Fest a couple, two years ago. Yeah, um, he's great. He's a great time, but Mar- uh, Huntington brings it for football, so that's going to be interesting atmosphere. I'm, I'm excited to get back in the zone, even though I'll be wearing uh, different colors. <laughs> yeah, okay, I didn't realize we have five games in September. September's loaded. We got five. Oh, in yeah, September. I can't count. We got five. Five in September. Yeah, that was my bad. Five in September, three in October, and then four in November. So, yeah, we're talking about October. Um, Florida State game. For those uh, listeners who are able to go down there in 2018, that's uh, that's definitely at the – I guess I, I put it on the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of away games that I've had the opportunity to attend. Uh, 2018 was – an absolute blast, a great night, a dominating performance, and uh, <laughs> a lofty expectation setter for the rest of the year, in which we quickly found out it was not going to be nearly as good as it was uh, on that Monday night of Labor Day. Can't make it down. Uh, one of my buddies is getting married here around Charlotte um, on that day, so I will be a hard scratch from the lineup uh down there but i encourage 
all of you who are listening who have that weekend open to head on down there and uh, get some Florida sunshine in October. We got Wake Forest and Syracuse back-to-back. So we got, yeah, I, I, I would assume that this Wake Forest game or the Pittsburgh game a few weeks prior will be homecoming, you know, homecoming maroon effect type Saturday. Um, love having two games here in Blacksburg in October, uh, Wake Forest and Syracuse back-to-back. You get Syracuse in town on a Thursday night. You know, good opportunity for some type of throwback. I'm sure, you know, um, we'll be seeking revenge from Syracuse's last minute uh, comeback in the fourth quarter from 2021. And uh, is Sean Tucker back for them? I think he declared for the draft. Did he? Actually, yeah. I think he was pleased to announce that he was (laughs) declaring for the draft. Pleased to announce that he (laughs) is – Gonna get that, gonna get that bag. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I like how October lines up. Um, you know, get get a break in the middle of the season here before Syracuse, who started out so hot last year. I think Syracuse was five and zero or six and zero early. Used to joke with Mike McDaniel um, because he would get into it with the uh, sideline Syracuse Twitter account. He he was calling uh, Syracuse out for being overrated, and this guy was was not letting him do it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's October. You got any any other thoughts on that Florida State Wake or Syracuse stretch? I like the bye week giving us like ten days instead of seven, right? Yeah. So am I am I good on it? Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. I like that the bye week is where the bye week is. I'm terrible with math tonight. But uh, because, you know, there will be some injuries and people banged up by that point. So hopefully they're able to get healthy for a big, you know, Thursday night environment in Blacksburg. Because you know how we bring it on a Thursday night in Blacksburg. Uh, I, I've contemplated going to Tallahassee because I've never been. And I think, was it, is it Dope? Dope yeah. Campbell. Dope Campbell. Yeah, I bet it's just amazing. Um, I have to see where it fits. Um, because I know I'm going to Marshall, I know I'm going to Louisville. And I might I might do Rutgers for some bagels with y'all. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh if homecoming is in that stretch, I hope it's wake because I would rather I feel more confident about smoking Dave Clawson than I do about Narduzzi, but uh, nothing would make homecoming sweeter than a Narduzzi meltdown in Blacksburg on the sideline. Uh, that would be great. But, yeah, it's a tough stretch. Uh, you know, Syracuse, I don't know what they'll be like without Sean Tucker. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a, you, have, you have to win it regardless. So, uh, it's, a, it's not a terrible three-game stretch there. Two and one is very, very likely. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And then as we roll into November here, we got four in November at Louisville. So we'll have we'll have those two extra days to prepare for Louisville, being that uh, the Syracuse game the previous week is on a Thursday night. Let's get a couple extra days to rest. Boston College on November 11th. So it's on Veterans Day up in Boston. You got to assume that'll be a uh, the red bandana special got NC state November 18th at home. I'm really excited for that one uh, right before Thanksgiving. And then we will conclude with, with UVA on November 25th up in Charlottesville. So, you know, what's tough about November is that you got three out of four games on the road uh, late in the season. You got to go all the way up to Boston, which has been, Pretty challenging place for us. You know, we went up there in 21 and uh, 2019 and lost both of those games. So, uh, you know, they've beaten us twice in a row up in Chestnut Hill. You guys remember Louisville uh, during the COVID year. That was a uh, that was a pretty high scoring game. Um, Tech playing at Louisville. You know, Juice Herbert 
uh, really had a phenomenal day. And uh, our, our defense played really well up until, you know, letting up some garbage scores at the end there. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to this Louisville game. I'm thinking about it. Um, I think I think this is this has potential to be one of those. We'll see how the season's going type games um, for me personally. Same with Boston College. Like, you know, if we're if we're if we're rolling, man, like I I love Boston. Uh, I love going up there. It was a lot of fun when we went up there in 28, 2019, parlayed it into some golf uh, up at in Quincy, Mass. We played this uh, this public track called Granite Links the day before game day, and that was a ton of fun. But you know, you're not you're not getting out to play golf in Boston in November most of the time. Um, it can get pretty pretty chilly. So we'll see about that one. NC State. Coming to town for the first time since uh, the COVID year. I know they were our opening game uh, during COVID, which honestly, if you want to watch a Virginia Tech football game where we just played fantastic football, watch that NC State game from 2020. Um, you got Braxton Burr mustard, you got Hendon, and you got um, Quincy, who all who all performed that day. Uh, and then UVA, I'll be up there. I love going to the UVA game, home or away. Uh, I still think it's crazy that we have not hosted UVA at home since 2018. It's just a pretty wild, pretty wild phenomenon, honestly. And uh, yeah, I enjoy going to Charlottesville. It's always a good time. 2021 was quite, quite the adventure up there with the last, uh, the last minute heroics by Bronco Mendenhall uh, and his offensive lineman. Uh, his his tackle uh, with one reception for minus four yards uh, really lit up the stat sheet that evening. <laughs> Storming their field was uh, quite quite a story, just like ninety five. So that's uh, I think I think the toughest stretch is October, but I don't love that we're away from home most of November, Dan. So. Yeah, I could I could see us going two and two in the month of November. Um, ultimately, I, I think I, I'm looking at this team right now on Monday, February sixth, and I I think we're gonna go seven and five. I'd be I'd be uh, pleased with seven and five. Obviously, you know, eight and four, nine and three. Sign me up right now. Um, but that's kind of what I'm looking at uh, after looking at November here. Yeah, I'd sell a kidney for nine and three in twenty twenty three. Um all it's all Boston College is such a pain in the ass at Boston College. It always has been for the Hokies dating way back. They've always given us issues. Um I don't know who their QB is gonna be, but uh, I, I imagine Red Bandana game will be on deck. Uh at Louisville will be tough. I mean, I know they just had a coaching change and all that, but I'm going to be there regardless of how the season goes because I, Bourbon and me have a great relationship, and I've never – I used to get Bourbon Trail emails for years, and one day I finally unsubscribed because I never made it, and it was just torture. So I'm hoping to, you know, get out there, you know, mingle a little bit, have a nice long weekend in Louisville, and try some different whiskeys and all that, but I'll be excited to get back home for NC State because, you know, whether it's Brennan Armstrong or or Morris, I, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And then UVA, I'll probably go to UVA because whether you're in Charlottesville or in Blacksburg, it's always like a home game in my opinion. And uh, I like our chances when you, uh, you know, Drone strike or a musket, you know, which one you're going to choose. I think uh, our metaphor is more technologically advanced in 2023. So I'll take us <laughs> in Charlottesville. Uh, yeah, seven and five, I feel comfortable saying on this day right now, for sure. That would be my probably the safest answer for me. Like when I originally looked at the schedule, first thought was that. But, uh, you know, hopefully there are some nice surprises in there. And it's more, but
but we will see. Always love the nice surprises, Dan. Always love the nice surprises. I want I want to overachieve, you know. I want to overachieve. I think it's been a long time since we overachieved on the football field. And uh, yeah, that, that's what we could see out of some of these transfers coming in. And there's a lot of talent that is uh, entering the Virginia Tech program here uh, in this offseason and the 23 class as well. So I think uh, I think we have a lot to be excited for. Yeah, the future is definitely bright. Uh, I like that they completely overhauled the wide receiver room. So now we have like some speed, talent, and size that will get separation. And that's not a knock on last year's class. I thought, you know, obviously I'm friends with Caleb Smith and I thought he did a really good job with what he was given and what was afforded to him. Um, but I, I think that we didn't have as many options at receiver as we do now. Um, and that's not really, that's not the player's fault. It's just, that's that's the way life is, you know. Uh, but I yeah, and then we you know we brought in Kyron, who's gonna be. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be QB one. I think he will be, but uh, he will definitely be legitimate competition for Grant the spring. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, they brought in some good pieces, even the uh, canteen in the secondary. I'm excited about. Uh, anytime you have a secondary that you can interchange people with safety and corner because you have too many people that could actually legitimately see the field. I like those kind of problems. So give me all of those. Give me a talent problem, please. I'll take it. That's right. And, you know, I like uh facial tooting at running back coming in. You know, he's uh he had, he has a strong career uh, that he's built a foundation on uh, thus far Wide receiver room, definitely going to uh, see some new faces in there that are going to come in and make an impact on day one. I know uh, I'm fired up for the tight ends as well. I mean, think about uh, just having a full year of Daquan Wright, um, you know, an entire offseason. And, you know, he's going to be starting week one. He should be starting on week one. And the ceiling that he has and what he's been able to do when he has the ball in his hands, you know, um, reminds me a lot of, uh, of James Mitchell. So uh, offensively, I think, you know, the only direction we can go is up and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we, we roll out there week one. I'm interested to see what types of, uh, changes are made, uh, on the offensive line as well. I'm wondering if any more personnel will be added to the mix, uh, on that front too. Absolutely. Daquan Wright is, I've been on record many times this past year saying he is a cornerstone of the offense and the future is bright with him because he is special. And uh, yeah, the offensive line, it'll be interesting to see what Rudolph and them, you know, shake, alter, stuff like that. See if there's anybody that enters the portal in the second window of the spring that are able to come in and add, you know, add to the room. That that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, another year of uncertainty. But it, I'm way more optimistic, I think, about this than I was this time last year. Yeah, and then there's still a lot more time between now and now and the end of spring ball, and then you know the entirety of the summer where we are in a position to bring in more talent too, you know, um, I'm actually just looking, I saw there, there was a crystal ball for, uh, I don't know if it's Davy or Davi Belfort. Davi. Yeah. So Davi, Davi, uh, we got a crystal ball for tech, which, uh, it's pretty good. I know he's, he's got almost, you know, we just got more than two dozen offers and some of them are SEC offers and, between us, AM and Michigan State. So uh, I wonder if the commitment is in line here over the next few days. Four-star quarterback. He, is he out of Florida, Dan? Yeah, I believe he's out of Florida. Uh, Virginia Tech is becoming a um, combat sports second-generation hub here. We got Davi Belfort, potentially. His dad was a UFC legend. And then you got uh, 
was it Brandon Rex Steiner coming yeah. in also? Scott Steiner, the big bad booty daddy, big Papa Pumps kid coming in. Bro, I'm excited, man. I, I, mean, I like they are ramping up recruiting in Blacksburg. I was going to say, you know, Virginia Tech is not necessarily the uh, the place where, you know, famous or high high profile folks are, you know, sending their kids. And uh, we're uh, we're tapping into some some new markets here um, within the uh, I mean, I got to be honest, I know next to nothing about you know, WWE and whatnot, but, uh, we got to get, we got to get Brandon and Davi to get, get some pictures together and have their dads come for parents weekend. And I'm sure that'll be a, uh, some, some great content for the, uh, the Hokies social media pages. We'll leave it at that. That's a fact, man. That is a fact. And we can't forget, uh, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw, his son goes to tech now too. So that's another one. That's right. Yeah. Building something. The brand, baby. The brand. I love it. I love it. Speaking of um basketball recruits, though, and not necessarily recruiting, but just basketball. What a week for Hunter Couture, man. Dude came back from injury and he's just out here unleashing. He's just shooting, man. Always loaded, always ready. Incredible. I mean, that uh that Duke game was something else. The Syracuse game, same thing, just just automatic. And uh, and and yesterday or or Saturday, man, the uh, UVA game, they they kept him in check. They were definitely making sure he wasn't getting any looks. And then when he finally got those looks, he let it rip. I mean, looked like that one shot was almost from half court pulling up from the logo with four left on the clock. That was something to see. And everyone knows it. Hunter's Hunter's the best, best player on this team is he's the glue guy. You know, he, he brings the best out of everyone. Um, but also, you know, just offensive from a spacing perspective of uh, being such a threat where, you know, you know, Hunter's probably not going to have many two point, uh, field goal attempts he, he's going to be dangerous uh, around around the arc and then defensively too you know he's going to give give their uh give their best guy everything he's got and, and limit opportunities to uh to score so yeah I really love this team and you know he is the he was the missing link of the losing streak and we're so happy that we have him back in the mix because his impact is known and he is one of the best. I'll say, you know, I think he's one of the best players in college basketball for, for the role that he plays. He's, he's, you know, arguably the most important player to his team uh, in the ACC. Well, if you're in Blacksburg between Georgia and Hunter, you better be bringing your umbrella wherever you go. Cause they're raining them down. That's right. Uh, I actually, uh, before the season, it was probably like a week before Delaware State uh, brought um, KG on the pod. And the episode never aired because I'm an idiot. And uh, I had my Zoom settings messed up and I didn't have it set to automatically record. And by the time I realized that it wasn't recording, it was too late. <laughs> but he raved about Lynn Kidd and he told zero lies because I have been super impressed with Lynn Kidd when he gets in the game, like he's just, he's rare. He's impressive, man. I, I like, I like watching him play basketball. He's a difference maker. He really is. You know, you weren't sure coming into this year with, with a guy like Lynn Kidd, a guy like Poteet, you know, what, what type of impact they were going to make or what types of strides Lynn Kidd was going to make from year one to year two in this program. Um, and He's been an impact. He really has. Um, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a Kev Aluma, you know, 19 and a half points per game out of Lynn Kidd. You know, that's more so on the, the Grant Basile side. Um, but he, he logs great minutes. He is physical. He makes an impact every single time he is in the game. And, um, you know, I think he's really taken a step forward. I know that, um, I know that between him and and uh, Majelal Poteet, 
both of them, you know, definitely see less minutes than, uh, you know, than Grant and Mutz do. But when they're in the game, you know, they are making an impact of, of every single minute they're in there offensively and defensively uh, as well. So uh, it, it's been encouraging to see their growth, uh, to see Lynn Kidd's growth from year one. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're only going to go up from here with him as well. I think uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of potential out of Lynn Kidd. I know Padula gets a lot of shine, but uh, was it MJ Morris? Dude, I love that dude. I love oh, the way yeah. he plays basketball, man. And MJ Collins just – MJ Collins, my bad. I was thinking, yo, not NC State. MJ Collins, my fault. I apologize. <laughs> he's he's really come a long way as well. I mean, um, just defensively plays pretty well from the – you know, as Coach Young says, he's from the uh, the bustling – metropolis of clover south carolina but um he's definitely definitely made an impact you know he had uh, 11 points versus syracuse you know he had the clutch uh, game winner against duke he had that nice three in the corner against duke i don't know if you could hear that there's some obnoxious uh car laying on the horn behind me here dan um but uh MJ Collins, man, like that guy is is really coming into his own. Um, obviously, with with Maddox out here for a little bit, uh, it, it's giving MJ Collins an opportunity for him to to get more time and to show what he can do. And you know, he's not afraid to to yam on someone. He's not afraid to pull up from the mid range or pull up from behind the arc. And uh, he's been playing good basketball for us. Yeah, I like those kind of players that are uh, all motor, no fear. Mm-hmm. I respect mm-hmm. it. Just, oh, yeah, foot on the gas, baby. Let's do this, you know? All game. Yeah, man. And, you know, five rebounds. Like, he's still, he's showing up on the stat sheet. You know, five rebounds and five points against UVA. Um, and then, dude, John Camden. John Camden, um, you know, they rave about his ability to shoot. And I think, I think we haven't seen his, his high potential yet either. Um, I know in the Syracuse game, he he put together a few nice, uh, a few nice field goals in a row after starting cold, but he's a guy who has a high upside on this ball club too. Um, defensively as well. I, uh, I really like what I saw out of John Camden from, from the UVA game. Yeah, he was he was solid for sure. Um I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, but Grant Basile, dude's been playing his ass off. Shout out John Camden. He was the uh Suns athlete of the week, right? Y'all just did an episode with him. A little thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that uh that went out there I think last night or Sunday nights. Check that out. Billy Ray went on and uh Chopped it up with John Camden about the UVA game, so that was cool to uh, to hear from him. Padula was was unbelievable as well. I mean, you know, it goes without saying, but you know, career high against UVA at home after just you know outclassing Kihei Clark. I know Sean had a tough time up in Charlottesville earlier this year with Kihei Clark, and then I mean, dude just went went in and had one of the best games of his career on Saturday. So hat, hats off to, uh, to Sean Padula. And then Justin Mutz, man, like that guy, it's unbelievable seeing how many assists he, he, he pulls every single, every single game day in and day out. Um, you know, almost had a triple double a few weeks ago. We were all tracking the triple double. Um, I believe it was the Syracuse game. Um, eight assists, 12 rebounds, 11 points. It was two assists away. But, um, you know, just played out of his mind against Syracuse, played out of his mind against UVA. And uh, when he's – like when him and – when him when Justin Mutz and Grant Basile are both at the top of their game, we are very, very formidable opponent to anyone in this league. 
Yeah, I would say my only complaint, I guess, about Justin, and I love him. I had a great time with him and Hunter at uh, your event, Boston College Week, mm-hmm. the live pod. Uh, when he's in the paint, I feel like he puts the ball on the court, like on on the floor, too much. Like he dribbles, and then it like ends up getting stolen. Or I feel like he tries to create too much in the paint versus just like putting it up, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, being a facilitator and a playmaker is a gift and a curse. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, high risk, high reward here. Hundred assists, sixty six turnovers. So I guess that's a like a five to five to three uh, assist to turnover ratio i'm not much of a uh nba or a bad basketball statistician but uh there's some quick math for you dan <laughs> yeah it looks like um down the stretch here Hokies basketball they're kind of already in tournament mode because they're gonna have to keep winning um right. if they want to dance but uh you know they got a tough one with Miami at home on the 21st of February. They go, oh, wow. They go Miami at home and then at Duke, like, consecutively. So, mm. here, here's the way I see it. You got to beat Boston College. You got to beat Georgia Tech. You got to beat Notre Dame. Those are three. I, I mean, if you don't win all three of those games, we're going to be in some trouble. And then – Louisville and Florida State, like both of those teams were pretty embarrassing uh, to watch at the beginning of this year. And uh, Florida State's turned it around a little bit. Louisville has been awful, straight up awful. So you take down BC, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Florida State. That's five more wins. That puts us at nine wins. And then you got this three-game stretch in the middle of it all. Pittsburgh on the 18th at home, Miami on the 21st at home, and then Duke on the road. You got to win two of three of these. So um, I, I would say if, if you want to be locked into the tournament, you got to win two or three of those, um, which is pretty much me saying, hey, if we want to make the NCAA tournament, we got to win seven of eight, uh, which I don't think is impossible here. Um, it is tough to win seven of eight at any point in ACC play. I know we were pretty much doing it at the end of last year as well. Uh, I do like the way that it lines up where of our, of our three toughest games here, two of them are in Castle Coliseum um, being the pit game and the Miami game. Pitt is three and zero against top 25 opponents. They received some votes this week. They got like, uh, I think 26 votes. I think they're 30th in the AP right now. They might come to town ranked in a few weeks uh, next weekend. So who knows what uh, what will shake up in the polls. But you got to take down Boston College. Notre Dame could be a little sneaky. You got to go South Bend on a Saturday. Um, you know, Mike Bray's last year. Georgia Tech's pretty bad. And then uh, I, you know, I don't feel good about us going into Cameron and picking up a win over there. But, um, you know, crazier things have happened. And uh, ultimately, I, I do think that this team can win seven of eight. I just, you know, know it'll be quite a challenge here. And I'm excited to see it, though. I mean, we know what they're capable of. And Rodney Rice might come back. We might get him back at some point over the next few weeks. I know that, you know, people have been dropping hints that he might be able to uh, be ready to go at some point uh, before the end of the year. So it, it should be exciting though, Dan, I'm pretty fired up to, uh, to see it. And, you know, we're coming off winning three out of four. You know, don't sleep on this team. I know there's a lot of folks who have quit on this team. Um, definitely not one of those people. I've really enjoyed uh, watching this team play so far. So I'm, I'm pumped to be in castle on the 18th, hopefully uh, taking down Pitt. Yeah, I think Mike Young said today that he doesn't expect Rodney Rice to play the rest of the year. But I could be wrong on that. But doesn't Tech have some weird thing with Louisville? Or they don't, like, I don't, like, I think they, like, snapped some streak last year 
with like yeah, beating we had, them. We had beaten them since like 1992, something crazy. And then uh, finally got the monkey off our back. Well, this whole Olympic sports run is going to be nice with the, uh, you know, the run that the men are going to have to go on. And then you got the women looking pretty strong going into the tournament. And then it leads into Batsburg season with uh, baseball and softball. So it's going to be a uh, whoo buddy and the spring game. We're heating up, baby. We it's are. Gonna be, it's going to be a fun ride. We are. Yeah. I mean, we had quite a spring last season, last year. I know. Um, Baseball, softball, on the heels of the basketball, uh, cutting down the nets in Brooklyn. I know I'm. I know I'm probably leaving. Uh, leaving some uh, some sports out, but I know we finished spring so strongly last year. So hopefully we can get some of that similar momentum cooking up. Spring game was a lot of fun last year as well, as you know. And uh, yeah, it it should be uh, should be exciting, man. Not to put you on the spot, but spring jam coming back? I think so. I think so. We're about to uh, kind of socialize some of the ideas for spring jam. It was a lot of fun last year at McLean's and first in Maine. And, uh, you know, had had some big time, big time uh, folks come out to that and had a lot of fun. Um, so we'll have to keep everyone posted on spring jam. Maybe we'll do an announcement here shortly once we get some of these details ironed out um but if you want to sponsor spring jam you want to partner with us for spring jam uh hit up hit up uh sons of saturday on twitter or uh you know feel free to shoot me a message i might be shooting you a message terror dumb dan gonna be getting active i'm gonna be active out there let's go weekend it's gonna be it's gonna be lit i had to miss last year and i'm not happy about it so i'm i'm gonna be there this year it's an event. It's an event. It's a party. The best party. Well, Pat, man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your Monday night doing whatever you were doing to hop on Tales from the Terror Dome for Sons of the Terror Dome Part 2. I had Grayson on before Liberty um, back in the fall. Yeah. So, yeah, you no, know, I appreciate you coming on. And doing this with me i appreciate your friendship and all the kind words you have to say about me when i'm not around i do appreciate it um yeah man absolutely it was a lot of fun my man dan anytime thanks for having me on appreciate you appreciate the work that you're doing as well you're uh you're grinding over here in the terror dome and uh i'm happy to happy to do a sons of the terror dome or terror of saturday Anytime for you, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Go Hokies. Hey, go Hokies.